but we still managed to uh, respond to a stabbing that I am convinced the lady stabbed herself. She did it herself because, and, and I got to, I got to give her a little bit of credit because she fully committed. She went like four or five stab wounds. She even went for the headshot. She stabbed herself in the head. Yes. In the face. <sighs> What is up? David Miller's in the house. Brandon, David, David Miller of D Miller Designs decided to stop in today. He's our second favorite fan or second super fan, not second favorite fan. He's our second super fan. What's going on? He's on the show. He has to be number one. Well, now he's number one, but you know, we're going to have to put David Franklin on the show next then. I'm just happy to know that David Franklin's alive. It was kind of scary there for a while because we hadn't heard it from him. It went dark. It went dark. And I have a question from him that I forgot to listen to. So, All right. It, it came so in we're going to be able to it? It came in late today, so we might have to use it for next week's show. Nah, nah. Or we'll try and Bluetooth the phone to the squ- uh, podcast studio, and we can listen to it together when it's time. Sure. All right, I'm Mike Morazzo. That's Brandon Silvera. That's David Miller. This is episode 35. It doesn't have a name except the David Miller. It's the Brandon experience. Crawford episode. It's the Brandon Crawford episode. Oh, is he number 35? Yes, number one in your hearts. Oh, you know what? I'd have to, <laughs> I'd have to bounce that because I just remembered Frank Thomas was number 35. He's a Hall of Famer. So this would be the Frank Thomas episode. A big hurt. And the Brandon you, you see, Crawford. You see, you see what I was talking about there with the unilateral decision thing? I have an idea. I come up with something, Mike. I, no, no, we're doing this. You beat me to the we punch. We are doing this. I have decided it. we are doing it. You beat me to the punch. So it is the Brandon Crawford episode. Hopefully Brandon Silvera can get Brandon Crawford on the show one day. Let's see how that goes. That'd be dope. I just want to hang out with the guy. Actually, no, I take that back. I don't because I, I mean, I'm already pretty ugly, but you put me next to that and I go from like, a solid five. Wow. You, like a two. You gave yourself a five. That's pretty impressive. Well, it was a know, solid five. A solid, I'm a solid five. five. Solid five. So that's da- average. If David is a Rams fan, are you also a Dodger fan or an Angels fan? I will You're never be a both. Dodger fan. Dodger fans are horrible. So I'm a Padre fan for life. Okay. Um, saying that is very hard. There's been some trials and tribulations. But another season coming up, so we'll see. Where are you located in California? I'm in Temecula, which is about an hour out of downtown San Diego. Oh, and that I makes work sense. in San Diego. Yeah, okay. I work in San Diego, so I'm there pretty much every day. So, David, tell everyone what you do on a normal basis other than your killer woodworking stuff. So, I am a union electrician and I run a company. I help run a company with a bunch of great people called Neil Electric, and we're a union contractor based out of San Diego. So, we do commercial, um, a lot of military, a lot of hospitals, stuff like that. Yeah, I can see the military tie in. Isn't that a large base down there, right? Several. You have yes. uh, Camp Pendleton for the Marines, you have Miramar. There's, there's a lot of Navy bases down there. So, yeah. Is that where the Top Gun School is? Yes. Um, okay. Maybe out of Miramar, probably, yeah. Yeah. All right. Have you ever been yeah. there? That's where the Top Gun house is. It's in Oceanside. They actually just picked it up and moved it because they built a big resort. So they actually picked the whole house up and 
moved it down the street. Wow. Yeah. Good for those Pretty people cool. that own that house. I know, right? <laughs> so you don't have any bad weather ever, right? You're always that's why you're always so happy is because of the weather that you're in every day. Well, it was it was like 73 today, so oh, that's why God. I'm wearing shirt. It was uh, we had a brisk wind, so um, yeah, it was rough, but we got through it. I'm looking at my phone. It's currently five degrees where I'm at, <laughs> with a negative 20 wind chill. Yeah, that's not okay. No, it's yeah. not at all. Uh, I, ha- having experienced all of that in, in North Dakota, um, this is better. My, like, yeah. Like, way better. My son's coming home today from L.A., actually. I drove him to the airport uh, Thursday morning, and him and a buddy went out I'm there. sorry. What did he do to get stuck going to L.A. for? He wanted to get out of the five-degree temperature, so he just took a four-day trip to L.A. to go see the beaches and go to Hollywood. and he See, was, see the homeless people? See, well, he can see that here. Um, and stand Yeah, up. but do your homeless people get to poop on the street? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> our homeless people get to poop on the But street. then they get to cover it up with snow at this time of year. So no one nah, really they it. Some of our homeless people burn it. They burn the poop? Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure I like that. No. <laughs> it, likes in, that uh, every morning in downtown San Diego is a big truck, and it, and it just goes through with like a fire hose, and it just sanitizes all the streets. It's really? crazy. That's yeah. serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's... Horrible. I never yeah. heard that before about the poop sanitizing uh, job. Yeah. I bet those guys are happy, though, because it's San Diego. It's a good union job. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> God bless those those guys. Hey, I know, right? So hey, he's steady paycheck with benefits. My son sent me a picture of he was standing over Stan Lee's star, which was very cool. Nice. Yeah. And then, of course, he sent me a picture with the Hollywood sign behind him and a beach somewhere, which looks amazing. So I don't think he actually wants to come home. But my wife's actually going to pick him up because I have to record this podcast. So I was supposed to pick him up. But <laughs> I said, honey, I'll be doing the show. I can't pick him up. So she's got to I have responsibilities. It's not that I don't want to go. I can't. I just can't. Right. Just can't do it. Can't do it. So you work Monday through Friday, David? Yeah, so I usually work, I'll leave the house about 4.30, and I'll get home about 4.30, 5 o'clock around there. Okay, and I, I, am a, I was a proud member of the IBEW for yep. 11 years myself. Worked for Commonwealth Edison, which is our electric company out here. Nice. And then I left to be the police officer, and then I went back to the company in a management role. I love the company and uh, hope to go back when I'm retired from the police department just to go back to that uh, company because it's been so good to me but i see your sticker behind you and i actually have the same sticker on my lunchbox still have it after all these years nice. right next to my very cool. and sawdust podcast I, I may not have ever been an official electrician uh but i have electrocuted myself at least three times <laughs> well it sounds like you're qualified yeah i mean but only three times i not know. not to toot my own horn yeah <laughs> well one of them was on 220 so i figured like oh, that counts God. as four okay that counts yeah, that one sucked yeah, yeah. I don't want any part of that. No, no, you can keep all that shit. And Brandon, I see that you have your uh, Peloton uh, supply cabinet hanger wall thing behind you. Photos have been taken, and it will be going up on Etsy soon. So, for something that costs you of like thirteen cents to make, how much are you going to sell that for? Uh, Mike, that's an awfully personal question. Um, and for the record, that cost me no money to make. That's all scrap wood. There you go. It's going to be a two hundred and fifty dollar. Uh, profit right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. But no, I figured it out. I can make one of these out of a quarter sheet of plywood and still have a little bit left over. Okay. 
I've got so, a bunch of that laying around. What kind of stain did you use for that? I just used the, uh, what was it, Minwax? Or no, no, it was Barathane's uh, Dark Walnut. Dark Walnut. And yeah. like, my wife absolutely loves that color, so anytime I make her something and ask her what color she wants to stain, it's just walnut. So you didn't make that shelf up there out of Dark Walnut? No. Okay. No, this, this was actually taken from the garage. Okay. And uh, put in what was my son's room because he needed a shelf. As you can see, the shelf is still there with his stuff on it. Yeah. With his, I think it's a Buster Posey bobblehead. Yeah. Buster Posey. Okay. Posey. Posey. You know, David, yes. you're I'm still team. very sad that he retired. Oh, so he's done now. Yes. He's officially retired. He's officially retired. I didn't know that. We are officially entering the Joey Bard era. Is that a good thing? I don't know yet. Okay, get back to me in June. <laughs> I'll be able to tell you. I mean, he's not throwing anybody out and can't hit his weight. No, I'm sure he'll be fine. He'll be fine. It's fine. We're fine. Yeah, we're Everything's fine. fine. Everything's fine. David, your team. I don't know why it's coming in all squeaky because it's really, it's fine. It's fine. David, your team knocked out the Cubs in 84, and I've hated them since. Good old Ryan Sandberg days, huh? Yeah. And the Leon Durham through the legs ball and Steve yep. Garvey hitting a fucking home run. Rounding the bases with that Popeye arm up in the air. Can't stand yep. it. Hey, we yeah. made it like 10 minutes before our first F-bomb. Yes, we're getting good. better, Mike. We're getting, we're getting better. So I was telling you in the pre-show <laughs> that I went to my buddy Greg's house, and he's recorded a song for me many years ago. And uh, I wanted to play the theme song of this show for him so he could hear the difference. So I just brought up last week's episode. And the teaser at the beginning of the episode before the music is me and I dropped an F-bomb within like three seconds. And he goes, you guys swear on your podcast? I'm like, hey, man, we're keeping it real. It's the police. Yeah, we swear. I can't control it. it it's all I can do to not swear in front of my kids. But we have made even a, then, sometimes I screw that up. Yeah, we've made a conscious effort to not say it so much. But anyways, um, so I, I didn't have much work this week. I had one day, and which we'll get into. But you took your birthday off, which was Wednesday. Today's Sunday. Did. And then so it was maybe, apparently a very good day to take off. <laughs> it was a good day for you to take off. And I always, it's funny when I come back to work, if I'm off for a long period of time, or even if I'm off for my two days off and I come back and my buddies will be like the other shift, Hey, they did this or they did that. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm not there. <laughs> so usually when I take off, some big shit happens and you were talking about that. So how did your week go? So my week was, was short. I only worked a half week because um, we talked about it last week. My wife had was getting over what we suspect was the COVID. Um, and then my oldest daughter caught it. <laughs> so she was, she was feeling kind of crummy on, a, on Tuesday. So I took that day off to help her. I'll take care of her while the wife's still recovering. And then I had my birthday off. So uh, didn't. Uh, get wrapped up in the uh, the officer involved shooting we had at work, and then came back and uh, only worked a half week. So, but we still managed to uh, respond to a stabbing that I am convinced the lady stabbed herself. She did it herself because, and, and I got to I got to give her a little bit of credit because she fully committed. She went like four or five stab wounds. She even went for the headshot. She stabbed herself in the head. Yes, in the face. Now, you can tell she pulled her punch. She was like, she saw the knife come and was like, this is stupid. And then, like, kind of stopped it a little late. Um, but we're, we're trying to figure out who did she? Yeah, it's my ex-boyfriend, so-and-so. And 
for whatever reason, we cannot find any record of this dude who's supposed to have some sort of criminal history. So we should be able to have a record of him. So finally, we get it figured out. And in our little system, it shows um, in custody. Now, sometimes that system is a little messed up. So someone went the extra mile and actually called county jail and said, hey, uh, what about this guy? Yeah, he's in this particular cell block. So she she tried to blame a guy that is currently in jail. Maybe she got her baby daddies mixed up. It's, I mean, it's possible. Did she have baby area, daddies? I'm sure she does. She, but she is certified. I'm sure she does. <laughs> I mean, you don't get to be where that lady is in life without having at least one baby daddy. So how big of a knife was she using? I don't know. We never found a knife. You but her story was... A uh, dude uh, tried to sell her heroin. She was like, no, I don't want the heroin, even though I'm the heroin addict. And then uh, apparently he got in his car, jumped out, stabbed her four times and yelled, Norte! Wait, then, what did he like, yell? Back, <laughs> what did Norte? he say? Norte. So that's uh, apparently, like, I don't know why. I, Nor- I don't get this. And I understand gangsters pretty much. They have this uncontrollable urge to yell like, Norteños to yell Norte when Norte. they do something. And she was adamant. He yelled Norte, which is North or Northerner. Okay. Which in the part of town I work is prim- the primary gang that is out there. Um, but she was very adamant about that fact. She's like, he yelled Norte and then he stabbed me. This is gang related. <laughs> Nobody cares. You stabbed yourself. Stop. Wait, I thought she was blaming the guy in prison. Like Hannibal Lecter stabbed me. But wait, yeah, he's behind no. a four-foot-thick glass with holes in it, yeah. so it couldn't have been him. So our working theory is if the guy did it, he Shawshanked his way out, shanked her, and then Shawshanked back in. It went back in. A yeah. lot of shanking going on. Yeah. Shawshank I mean, out, shank, and shank can, back if in. You can work, if you can work in the word shank into a sentence and have it not be weird, you do it. Three times. I'm pretty proud of myself. So tell us about the shooting. I know you weren't there, but it's pretty big news. Yeah, so, okay, so I have to, <laughs> I have to separate what I know from what's been released. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I'm going to text you some pictures of the shitheads I was chasing, just so you know. Okay. And then when we stop recording, I'll tell you what I know. Okay. Um, so apparently, uh, officers were alerted to a stolen vehicle. Our okay. helicopter. Sorry, was it a carjacking or just a steal of a vehicle that was unoccupied? Initially, it was just a stolen vehicle. Okay. So it was like a, like LoJack or something like that. Some sort of, um, notification. Okay. Um, our air unit picks up the car because we have that resource, Mike. <laughs> I know. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and the helicopter, which I swear to God, its camera is like 4K, just follows it around, goes into a neighboring city, on views this guy get out and attempt to carjack another person with a firearm. Uh, that carjacking does not go well. <laughs> How so? I, he was unsuccessful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he was unsuccessful. Okay. Uh, so he gets back in his original car and goes, "Well, the jig is up. I mean, he's going to obviously call the police." So he takes off like a bat out of hell. Our helicopter. Great thing about helicopters is there is no traffic. Right. In yeah. The air. Yeah. Great. They don't have to so they dodge just, other planes and shit. Yeah. So they're just putting along, following in with the camera, putting out updates to the ground units that are kind of like in the area. So, you know. I'm not going to get into the tactic of it in case maybe a 
a heads up crook is listening, right. which I think the odds of that are pretty slim, but either way, uh, but they're putting it out to ground units. So at least we can be aware of what's going on. Okay. Uh, he ends up causing a major traffic collision, uh, hops out of the car, cranks off two rounds or I don't know if it was two, but cranks off multiple rounds at a responding officer who then engages. Uh, he takes off running encounters additional officers, engages them, and lost the gunfight. Good. So all officers are fine. Thank you. Uh, the other motorists that were involved in the traffic collision are fine. Uh, I think mild to moderate injuries is what we heard, but... Okay, good. In the yeah. sense, are Okay. Yes. All right. And he had a fairly extensive criminal history and had like six no, felony warrants out for his arrest. Stop. Those people are not on the street, dude. That's just fucking lies. I, I, <laughs> I know he promised that he wouldn't do that stuff anymore, but he was still doing that stuff. Yeah, because they promise all they want, but then they never yeah. actually hold on to that promise. David, I sent you pictures to your email of the guys I want to talk about. Gotcha. So did you that have was, your rookie? That was my week. Did you have your rookie with the stabbing? No. So they rotated back to their um, to their primary FTOs. Okay. So now you're rookie-less. Yeah. So now I'm on my own. I have my car back, which is nice. Such a great feeling. My isn't thing. It? It's like it's it all is. Brandon time for 10 it hours. Is. I can do what I want. If I want to go over here and actually go into a gang neighborhood, I can do that. And I don't have to look and wonder, like, why are you driving away from this place? Yeah. I know it's scary, but we get paid to go there. We get paid a decent amount of money. Yeah, it, uh, it's nice to have. I love, as much as I love training, I think I've told you before, the best feeling is when training's over and you get your car back. It's oh, like, and you know what? It's really, nice. it's really nice to not be lost all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, didn't you, I don't know, this is a trick I do with my, when he's driving the trainee, I would just yell, you know, stop, stop, emergency stop, whatever, and then just ask him, where, where are you? What do you mean? Like, what street, 100 block and direction are you traveling? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck, thank God I'm not getting shot at. You don't have to call Dude, for help. My guy, my guy would get so turned around that he would drive away from calls. Maybe that was a, a plan. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I don't want to say that maybe that was the case, but maybe that was the case. Maybe that was the case. You never know. Well, he's going to be a CSO soon, so you won't have to worry about him backing you up on any calls. Maybe, as long as like his primary FDO continues to document his dumbassery. Yeah, so you had a relatively quiet week. Yeah. All right. I mean, other than the stabbing, but that was, I mean, it wasn't like at any point we thought she was going to die. That's good. Although it would have lessened the burden on the public system. No, dude, because that was, that came out at the end of shift. Like, oh, yeah, that's. <laughs> that would have been rough. I wouldn't have gotten home until like five or six. Oh. I'm done with that. <laughs> that's not good. I like getting home at like. Two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. Yes. So eat my dinner. Okay. Watch my YouTube while I'm eating my dinner, and then okay. go to bed. Then you go to bed. All right. Sounds like you have it all figured out. I'm I'm coming up with my own schedule. This is weird. Like after three years of midnights, I had a midnight rotation down, but now it's swing shifts. So I'm still trying to figure that out as far as what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Well, it's going to take you a while. I think. I think I've got it. Today I was looking at the sun coming up as I went upstairs to make dinner for myself. And I thought, man, wouldn't that be nice just to watch the sun come up? And 
I, I'm going to miss this. <laughs> I really miss that. I can't wait to be able to sit down, grab a paper, start some coffee, and watch the sun come up one of these days. As much as I enjoy a sunrise, I don't miss seeing them. You don't miss seeing them? <laughs> no. I don't know, man. All right. I don't know why you don't, but I do. So well, Dave, Because I get to sleep while they're happening now. Yeah, but wouldn't you <laughs> rather be sleeping at night and then get up in the morning or no? I do sleep at night and get up in the morning. Okay. It's just late night. Okay. Um, Swing shit. Don't 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 try to romanticize midnights. Oh God, midnight no! Sucks. I'm romanticizing day shift. That's what I'm romanticizing. No, that's too bad. I don't like day shift. I like swings. Swings is my speed. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad you're happy there, and hopefully, you'll have a long, prosperous career on that shift, and never get to that's see the, the sun hope, come man. up again. Wait. Wait, hold on. Are you wishing me dead? (laughs) No, no, not at all. (laughs) Because it kind of sounded like you were wishing me dead. No, I wouldn't do that to you. I think you would. As far as you know. Yeah. Well, how was your how was your one day at work? It was it was nice to be short. It's funny. I go to work. uh, I took off because we work twelve hour shifts. We're supposed to get flex time, which is they owe us. We work eighty eight hours in a pay period, and they owe us eight hours off. So you can take that time off as one eight-hour block and then pair it with four hours of time due or personal time or vacation time. Or you can take a block of four and a block of four. But then you're going into work two eight-hour shifts. So I always just take the day off. I'm at the point where I don't need to be there any extra than I already am. So I had Wednesday off for flex time. So when I went in Thursday, I had already – I had no podcast stuff to do because that was already launched, right – Wednesday night, the podcast episode came out. So I was just going to edit the video portion and get that up and running. So usually I I go find a nice parking lot, get my coffee, and then I start doing podcast stuff. So at 7, we start at 7 p.m. We actually get, you know, 6.45, but 7 o'clock officially. So at like 7.10, I went, I was on my way to get coffee, and we get the burglary call. Someone, a third party called and said someone entered her mom's house and was in the house like right now. So we just fly over there thinking I got a burglar in the house and uh, the first guy there because I was already in the street on my way to get coffee. And I come up the driveway, the gun out, come around the corner, there's a car in the driveway, run the plate, get to the back door, and then out comes the homeowner, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> So, so anyways, it started blasting. So I started shooting. He took cover. <laughs> um, so apparently his daughter had called from her home, which is a few blocks away, because mom called all upset. So 5 o'clock at night, mom and dad decide to leave their home and go to their daughter's a couple blocks away. So they leave at 5, 5.15. They come home at like 5 to 7, and someone had kicked in their back door of the house, and these people – that the burglars that went in, they, they have a raised ranch. So there's three bedrooms upstairs, two bathrooms, and then a full basement runs the whole length of the house with a kitchen and three more bedrooms down there and a laundry room all finished. And these people didn't miss a drawer. They went in. They had to be at least a minimum of two guys, if not three, uh, opened every door, drawer. They took the sump pump. We, I don't know if you have sump pumps in California. 
No, we yeah. have no, no need for that. So you don't have no. basements. Okay. No, so, no, I wish. No. Okay. So it, it would be nice to have, but there is no need for it. It's nice no. to have until the sump pump goes out and your basement floods. Uh, so when I build my retirement home, no basement, but so they took the sump pump out, even the, the discharge pipe that comes out of the, out of the well, uh, they tore that out, maybe looking under the cover for something if people hide money and stuff. And it's probably one of the worst burglaries I've seen. And I th- was trying to calm the daughter down cause she shows up and worst in, in terms of as just like damage as, done. Yeah. Damage done. Okay. Um, so not worse as in, tar- well, in terms of like, oh, these guys sucked at it. Well, no, no, right. Worst as far as the this, damage. Yeah, this this was a good money. burg. It was a good burglary for the burglars. Uh, the daughter's extremely pissed, and I can't figure out why. Because her parents had just been victimized. For God's sakes, just give them a break. But she's yelling at her mom and dad in Spanish. And then I'm like, hey, if you're going to keep that shit up, you got to go. Because I need to process the scene and take pictures and all that other stuff. And I don't need your parents. They're already upset. Well, apparently dad is a waiter. So dad gets a lot of cash tips. Dad keeps said cash tips in his house, in various envelopes, in various drawers, in various rooms, where the burglars found every single one of them and ended up getting, it took him a while to tell me. He first told me one total, and he didn't seem like he was telling me the truth. And his son was there, his son came too. And I said, listen, your kids are already mad at you. It's not going to change, but I need to know exactly, you know, what was taken. So they got over, and this is probably a low estimate because he didn't really want to tell me. They got over 20 grand in cash right off the bat. And then watches, rings, jewelry, stuff that's been in their family for generations. The wife had like 10 uh, purses like Michael Kors, Gucci, all all that stuff. They just cleaned them out, and I felt so bad for these people. And it, within literally an hour and 50 minutes from the time they left their house to the time, and I'm like, okay, do you guys have cameras? Because almost everyone now is getting camera. No, no cameras. Uh, the guy down the street, we know we did a canvas. He's got a ring doorbell, but it only goes on when you push the button. It's not one of the ones that always goes on when motion. Right. Well, and a lot of people will change the sensitivity of it because they're tired of cars driving by right, and setting it off. That's, I did the same thing, but in all honesty, you should leave it because you you might right. catch the one car that we're actually looking for. Yeah, and every time I go on a call like this, I I go back to the station <coughs> and I'm like, I'm going to get cameras. <laughs> and then months go by and I still don't have cameras. But uh, that was, I worked on that case until just after 1230 because I had to process the scene. Uh, no latent fingerprint evidence whatsoever. They used gloves. Uh, they kicked in the back door and used a pry bar. Uh, no shoe print on the door, nothing I could take. And then, so I, I go through every room, but they still have to go into every room and start going through shit because they got to give us a list, you know, of what might also be missing. Yeah. And they called me about 90 minutes later and said that they actually had recovered the crowbar that the, oh. the bad guys used. So I couldn't, I sent Drew to go get it because I was, you know, doing all the paperwork and stuff. So he shot over there and they said they gave it to him in a garbage bag, which is cool, but they picked it up with their bare hands, which wouldn't be a big problem. We could get elimination prints, but there yeah. was no prints on it at all. I, you know, I dusted it. There's nothing on it. So these so, guys are professional. 
Yeah, you know, it doesn't take much to buy a pair of gloves for 15 cents or whatever, and more and more people Yeah, but are. you got to have the brains to actually put them on. Well, and plus it, it still amazes me that people don't do that. Being five degrees out, I'm, most everyone's wearing gloves now anyways, so... They wouldn't, All right, valid point. they wouldn't look odd walking up the driveway with gloves and, and coats and hats on and stuff covering their face because, you know, that's what people are doing nowadays, especially out here. But that was it. I, I just had the burglary, and then I sent you pictures of the guys that we were chasing last week, and I was going to put them. I, I blurred out their faces, not for you guys, but because I was going to put them in the podcast, and I still think I might I shouldn't do that yet until nah. they, until they die. Because no, I don't want him to get arrested. I want him to die. So I'm sorry if I offend anybody. Uh, so we're chasing these guys that last week. And then Thursday at work, the deputy chief came in at the beginning of our shift to talk about that case. So the detectives have done that work that I showed you that was from their Facebook pages. These people to just post whatever they want on their Facebook page. And the deputy chief said, you know, don't chase these people anymore. Because this is what they've got AK-47s. They've got other ARs. All their Glocks in the pictures have extended mags. They will not hesitate. They've probably been shaved down to be full auto, too. Yeah, and they won't hesitate to just turn the weapon on you and shoot for a property crime that the insurance companies are going to end up paying for. Now, as much as I hate that, uh, and not knowing when I was chasing that vehicle, the lead vehicle, which is one of the pictures, the guy leaning up against the hood, that's the truck. Uh, They suspect there's a female that's the getaway driver. And she's got a, a Glock with an extended mag in her picture while she's holding all the money. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it didn't crash in front of me where I had to. We would have done a felony stop anyways with, you know, number of cars. But, you know, to have a rifle coming back at you, eh, I think I I'm close. Be honest with you, look, looking at these pictures, I'm seeing a lot of skinny jeans. <laughs> yeah. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking they're not about that life. About that if they get cornered, they're not going to like, I they, they probably ain't even bullets in them. Well, I would hope, I hope no one, no officer <laughs> has to find out. Uh, so we talked about that stuff and then just driving around. My squad is in the shop. So David, our cars run for like 24 hours a day, seven right. days a week. And, uh, and to get less than 10 miles a gallon. Yeah. Oh, way less, like four <laughs> or five. And I think uh, mine's at like six. Okay. And that was the argument when we were, we were talking about going to SUVs from the Crown Vicks. And they were the first argument for the uh, brass was that SUVs get bad gas mileage. And I'm like, the Crown Vicks get like seven miles to the gallon because you're, they're constantly running. Yeah, but the Crown Vic can't tell you that. Right. So <laughs> The SUV will tell you exactly how bad the gas mileage right, is. It tells you. But uh, so my, they get a lot of wear and tear, obviously. And we have... Two guys that run them. So I'm on. I run it for 12 hours. Next guy comes on. He runs it for 12 hours. And then I come back and run You know, same cycle every day. So a lot of times right. we have cars out of service. So my car is out of service. In my car is my ET camera and my rifle and all the other shit. So I'm driving an old squad. So I'm driving around the other night, minding my own business, when a fucking visor falls off and hits me in the head. <laughs> like, what the? I was on a 45-mile-an-hour street in between the woods, and it just falls down and it hits me in the face. I'm like, what the fuck? I can ah. top that. Okay. So I had a, a crown Vic cause my car was down uh, last year and I'm driving to a shooting in a whole other part of the city. So I get to get on the freeway 
with the lights and sirens going, which means, and it's the middle of the night. So, I mean, we're pushing it. Yeah. And I hit a bump. I think I was doing like 110 or something like that. The freaking rear view mirror popped off and smacked me in the forehead. <laughs> so oh. our, one of our new policies is that when you're, when you're running code three, you have to have your camera running. So my buddy was behind me. He goes, dude, I'm going to pull up my camera footage. You can see your car jerk. I go, yeah, I go, that's when the freaking <laughs> rear view mirror came off me in the face. Where did it hit you? In, in the, the face. face. In the face. In the face. Oh. So I have some, some CA glue for that. Yeah, right. You, I no, think that's I, how I fixed it. <laughs> there you go. I didn't know anything about CA glue until, well, I knew what crazy glue was, but not same thing, just different name. But I didn't know it's how many, super glue. Right. I didn't know how many practical uses are for it until I actually just CA'd my frames and my Oakley glasses because my lens kept <laughs> popping out. So I finally did it the other night and it works. It works great. I have a cleanup. It's the new duct tape. It is the new duct tape, just for woodworkers. I have uh, some notes because there's some housekeeping. Oh, 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 oh wait, I'm sorry. We had to do our housekeeping. Housekeeping. Uh, housekeeping. Who's there? You want me to fluff your pillow? Uh, <laughs> so last week when we were doing the dog thing, I, I told you I named my dog Peyton. Yeah. And then I said, come back to the next episode and I'll tell you why. And then we forgot. So Walter Peyton. It was a combination of two Peytons. Walter Peyton because the greatest. And then have you ever seen the movie, the hand that rocks the cradle? I have, but it's been a long time. And I think I've only seen it once. All right. Well, Rebecca de Mornay's character is named Peyton in the movie. And she's a badass. She's a psycho, but my dog was a female and we wanted to name her Peyton after Walter Peyton, but we needed a female reference. So we named her Peyton after Walter and the character in that movie so we could spell it the way that the character's name spelled it, not like Walter Payton. So instead of P-A-Y-T-O-N, it was P-E-Y-T-O-N. And I taught him or her, instead of giving her a treat, I would say stiff arm, and then she'd put her arm up for a treat. So stiff arm like Walter. That's pretty cool. That's good stuff. I mean, thanks. I have so many things. <laughs> I have so, so many things. What? You got to be creative. I know you, you 10 out of 10 on the creativity. Okay. 10 out of 10. What, um, what was cool is I don't think anybody in. would have thought twice if you had spelt it like Walter Payton, especially where you live. Maybe. Yeah, probably. And I don't think the gender of the dog would have come into play at all. Maybe not. Also, did you ever consider that maybe Payton identifies as a male? <laughs> no, I didn't consider binary. It's something to consider these days. It's 2022, Mike. Yeah, but this was 1992. You need to wake up. 1992 when I got her. That's okay. You can retroactively be woke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot. That's a thing. It's a new thing. Yeah. Well, you're totally cool. you're out there on the woke ca- the woke coast, so. Oh should, God, don't remind me. I should listen to what you say. So, David, did I tell you about the sexual assault I took a while ago? That was um, it was a transgender uh, male to female. Uh, Assaulted by a lesbian, and the witness was, I think she was asexual, like she didn't have a, or whatever it is for, like, I don't identify as, oh, non, non-binary. Non-binary. Yeah. So, and they the pronouns, 
Yes, and that was the pronoun she used. Right. It drove me Them absolutely they. crazy because they is plural. Right. And she was singular. Right. And you didn't tell so me that about was, that. That's an interesting oh, report. Dude, that, that, because I get a headache every time I talk about it. But it's too, just to like give you the bare bones basic like that, it takes all the brain power I have. Oh, I bet. I, I, I didn't really know much about the non-binary thing. Until I'm watching, I'm watching Billions on Showtime. I actually watching it on Hulu, but it's a Showtime show. You know, so Damien Lewis, Paul Giamatti, amazing actors in the show. And there's this new employee that comes to work for Damien Lewis, and she, sorry, they, when they introduce themselves, they say, I'm non-binary, my pronouns are, my pronouns are they, them, though, whatever. And I, I had to look her up on IMDb. She's actually the first actress that is non-binary, starring in a major role, and that's how they are identified. That's in how North America on in North America Showtime. on Showtime in this particular time slot. So, listening to the show, they address it in the show, and and it's funny because they're like, "What the fuck are we supposed to call her?" You know, I mean, they're openly talking about it in the script until they finally realize it finally gets to become more natural for them, where they just call the person they and they and whatever. And uh, it took a while to get used to seeing it, but I haven't met someone yet that is non-binary. So I have. Good it's luck really putting hard. that in your report. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was, that was not fun to write. We get a lot of transgenders and prostitutes and stuff in our town. And all, some of them have gone through the changes. Some aren't, whatever they're transitioning. And it's a unique um, experience every time we deal with them. For sure. David, when was the last time you uh, dealt with a transgender prostitute? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much blanking on that one. Um, I'm going to pull up a zero. <laughs> All right. Just gotta, I don't want to leave you out. You know, if, if you've no, got I, an experience. I, 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 trying to include me, but I, I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out on this one. Okay. Yeah, hey, hey, what, fun, what fun and exciting thing happened at, uh, at your work this week? Mike's going to burglaries. I'm going to stabbings that maybe were suicide attempts. Yeah, I mean, we pulled some wire. We installed some lights. It's pretty basic stuff. Nice. No one got Sorry. electrocuted. That's that's a plus. That's a plus, yeah. Right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's usually the goal each day, right? Every day. So if you missed what David does, you obviously didn't watch the pre-show. So he's just going to give you a recap real quick. Is that cool, David? Right. Yeah, so I am a union electrician based out of San Diego. Um, San Diego. I help San Diego. Uh, I help run a company called Neo Electric, which is a union-based contractor. Um, we do a lot of military, a lot of hospitals, commercial stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. How long have you been an electrician? Uh, since I was nineteen. So seven years. Yep, yep, just turned 30. <laughs> Look pretty uh, Yeah, so about 25 years. Okay. Wow, yeah. good for you, man. It's a great trade. It is. I, I highly encourage people to get into the trades. If maybe college isn't something you want to do, get in the trades and uh, move on up. Yeah, I'm a strong proponent of the trades as well. I wish more of our youth would actually get into the trades because it is a dying, dying career. I mean... I, one of my best yeah. friends, my my best friend, Bill, he's a tool and die machinist. And they're struggling just get, getting machinists in there, you know. And right. I was in the uh, 
electric company for a long time, and it's hard. Plumbers, electricians, all these guys, it's hard to get people into these fields now for some reason. They pay well. They're great benefits. It's a great thing to learn. I, I don't think, know why we don't I have think more. That's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that you can get into the trades and start working in an apprenticeship and not have student debt. Yeah. Like no student loan debt. And you're in such high demand, you can basically go up to two companies and go, I want to be paid X amount of dollars an hour and then create a bidding war between those two. Yeah. Because they're hurting that bad for, for workers. Right. hundred percent. Yep. So how long have you been with that company, David? Um, I've been with Neo Electric for about three and a half years. Okay. So I, I, I took on a vice president role at that company mm-hmm. and, um, I've been very happy. There's a bunch of great people, solid guys in the field, so can't complain. Do you get to do any field work? No. So part of being in the office is I'm not allowed to install anything based on union rules. So. Oh, yeah. I guess you're not your management now, not union. Yeah. I mean, every now and then I'll try to sneak in, throw in something here and there, but I'm not supposed to. Okay. Do it on the sly. Yeah. No one knows. Now, is based out of, out of like San Diego, but are, is that the only area you guys operate? Yeah, so my local is out of San Diego, which is local 569. Um, we can port into other locals, so like Riverside or Los Angeles, Orange County, but the bulk of our work is based out of San Diego. All right. Because when I was in the Air Force, we would have like local contractors uh, come out to do electrical work because you know the federal government doesn't update anything. They're just going to fix it as they go. Right. Uh, and I swear, I, I remember seeing like Neil Electric being one of the contractors that would come out for electrical stuff. Right. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of work like in, you know, Los Angeles or going up north a little bit, but nothing too far. Okay. I, I know for a fact because I went to it. I went to Rinconada out by okay. you. There was a big wastewater job that uh, Neil did. So I was flying in and out of that airport all the time and taking an Uber over the job site. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, we appreciate you joining us and you're here for your woodworking expertise. So don't worry about it. You didn't get to stab anybody this week or see anybody that got stabbed or meet any prostitutes that have Did no you penises. Stab somebody, Mike? <laughs> Me? Yeah. I stabbed a prostitute. No, I didn't. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I saw a dead body yesterday. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Please don't tell me it was really? at a wake for a family member. Cause then I feel like an asshole. No. No, we, yeah, we I always, always wait to hear the story before I make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we were leaving my daughter's softball assessments and we were just going up one of the main streets and um, a big rig went through a light, a green light, and somebody had stepped out in the middle of the road and he didn't even know that he hit her. And so when we pulled up, they just had thrown the sheet over her, but it was right in the center divider right there. So we were in the turning lane. It was just... My kids are like, what's underneath that oh, white? Oh, man. Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. Nothing Someone just ever. lost their laundry, honey. <laughs> Nothing's there. Yeah. No, my wife told them. Like, yeah, this person went to heaven and the whole thing. So, But, yeah, it was right there. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. That you guys see that. it all the time, but we don't. How many kids do you have? I have three. I have a seven, nine, and 10-year-old. So wow. very busy household, yeah. Sports and everything? Cause, yeah, because they're all involved in, in sports and all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah, we got um, Girl Scouts, dance, soccer, softball, and taekwondo. Wow. I'm probably missing something. 
If that sounds about right. Okay. You ready for cookie season? Because I'm a little scared. Yeah, so I'll be posting that in my stories here. I guess um, my wife said now you can just order them directly from my daughter, but online. So I'll be throwing that up. Yeah, so I'll be throwing that up there and helping her get to her goal. Yeah, that's same here. Because you and I were kind of talking about it on on Instagram the other day. Our kids have very similar activities because I have a a nine, a seven, and a two-year-old. And we've got baseball. We've got uh, martial arts, the martial art demo team, Girl Scouts, uh, ballet. And then now baseball and softball are starting up. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun times with kids that age. I love it. I absolutely love it. My wife and I coached uh, my daughter in Little League for many years. I think like six or seven years. She was the only girl in the Little League, so that was really cool. And it was, I loved doing it, but as soon as the season was over, it's like when the rookie leaves your car, you're like, oh, my God. I would I'd be, feel so relieved that it was over, and then a week yeah. later, I was ready to start all over again. I would have to wait, you know eight months until the tryouts yeah. and everything else. Well, now that yep. I'm on the little league board, like I'm dealing with the parents. Yeah. Well, we went to yep. the little league board after my daughter finished playing. We were on the board for yeah. three years. Well, I get, and I'm like, my responsibility on the board is I'm the division rep for our T-ball and then the next level up. So I'm getting the families in that are like, this is their first time. So I'm yeah. trying to like, no, it's okay. Come here. Yeah. Come on in. Get really involved. You want to coach. You want to do all these things. Right. Because yeah. that, is, that is the one downside to swing shift. I don't get to coach this year. Oh, right. yeah, right. I mean, I still – I mean, I'll get to help out as, like, an assistant coach, but this will be the first time in a, in a long time that I'm not I'm not the head coach for, for either one of my kids' teams. Yeah, that's going to be different for you, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same thing for me. My daughter – so my daughters have always played softball, and then they – decided they wanted to just go jump into soccer, which hurt me. It, it hurt my soul, but I'm never going to tell them they can't do something, right? Right. So I said, fine. And so they've been playing soccer. And then my youngest, who's pretty good, she goes, you know what, Dad? I think I want to go back to softball. Oh. Okay. So I signed her up. And um, fortunately, there was already six coaches signed up. So I, I wasn't – this is the first year I'm not coaching also, but I'm definitely going to help out. Cool. We actually – one of the years we actually sponsored a team because we wanted to be the White Sox. It was after they won the World Series. <laughs> so we paid the sponsorship fee just to get the, to pick the team, and we got to pick the White Sox. So that was fun. Yeah, my daughter, she didn't want to play softball. She only wanted to play hardball, baseball. And uh, yeah. she would show up. I right. told Brandon she'd show up for practice or for tryouts, and they'd tell her, oh, I'm sorry, honey, you missed the softball tryouts for last week. She's like, I'm here to play baseball. So she still plays in the with her mom in a women's league in the city in the summers. So oh, that's nice. And some of those women play on men's teams in the city because they're amazing baseball players. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool to be part of that with my daughter because my son hates sports, so I didn't get to do any of that stuff with my son. So exact same thing. My 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 son's he tests I think next month to be a black belt in taekwondo. Oh, awesome! awesome. Which is super cool, but. Does not like baseball, basketball, nothing, right? That, that's his jam is taekwondo and gaming. So right, there you cool. go. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so I, I know I know with my son, the time is limited with baseball because he's getting to a point where he's understanding. Like he's way more interested in, in his martial arts stuff than anything else. Right. 
so that's what he dedicates most of his time to is like he's practicing that stuff and his baseball skills like the kids that are really practicing and dedicating themselves to the baseball skill stuff are starting to surpass him a lot oh yeah i know my time's limited but at least the one thing i'm thankful for is he'll sit and watch like football with me or baseball and he says he wants to play football next year so we might get that i might i might get to do that there you go so i'm i'm pretty stoked for that but yeah same with my daughter this year she was like i don't know that i want to play baseball this year because we told her like she does ballet and gymnastics like you might have to take a break from one because that's that's a ton of running around for mom yeah right because i'm gone all the time in the afternoon so i can't help out too much um so she's like Nah, I think I'll just give up baseball for the year, and I'm just, oh, just pull the knife twist out. It. <laughs> well, and the hard part is, like you said, that just taking off one season, all these other kids, these boys or girls, keep moving up, right? And they're getting better and better and better. And then when they decide, okay, I think I'll play that sport again, they're that much further behind, and yeah. it's hard. Yeah, because these kids are growing so fast. And their skills are getting so much better year by year. It's amazing the growth. So if you miss a couple of years, you're way behind. Yeah. Yeah, but my kids will at least be well rounded and they won't need like Tommy John surgery at age right. like fourteen. Yeah. I, so that that's when the that's when my kids will catch back up. It's there you go. Funny <laughs> you say that because I used to play the long game. I used to forbid my kids to throw curveballs. And I would get some of the kids that were, were really good pitchers and they'd get so mad at me. And I'm like, You're I'm going to teach you a circle change and a knuckleball and a good fork ball. You don't need to throw a curveball at, you know, 12 years old. I don't, I wouldn't permit it. So all the way up till 14, no one on my team could throw a curveball because I don't want them damaging their arms. I tell my junior high kids, right, fastball changeup. I'll show you two different groups with fastball. I'll show you two different ways to hold the changeup. If you can't get somebody out using those two, you shouldn't be pitching. No, that's all you need. And then I had a dad, like, yell and scream when I took his kid out when he threw a curveball anyways. Good. I saw I saw the arm slot and I saw the ball break. I have time. Oh, get out. You're done. Done. What? What are you doing? You can't take him out. Yes, I can. I just did. Yeah, thanks for being one of those parents. <laughs> yeah. Not There's you, always those parents. Yeah, David, I had a woman come up to me after a game and almost hit me with a baseball bat because <laughs> her I, I didn't tell you that story, Brandon? I don't think um, so. We were, it was the first time I was coaching. I didn't have kids at the time. A friend of mine asked me to coach his son's baseball team. So I had, we were batting and there was a 10 run rule. And this kid that was pitching couldn't get anybody out. And he was the first few batters. I was just telling it was close game, like one to nothing or whatever. And I told my batters, don't swing at any bad pitches, bad pitches, like in the dirt. Over your head. You know how kids like to swing it shit up here or swing down. So I would remind them, swing it strikes, fine. If you miss it, you miss it. Don't swing at any. And I actually, I think I said, don't swing at any garbage pitches. And not a derogatory saying towards the, the kid that was pitching. Yeah. Just don't swing at anything that's in the garbage, that's bouncing into the plate and stuff. So the other coach lets this kid get fucking pounded. He gives out like 10 runs. He finally, he finally comes out to get him. And he, he sends him to first base. Now he's going to play first base. They switch. First baseman's going to go into pitch. So the kid comes over to me. He's like crying. And I'm like, you okay? Hey, this isn't my kid. I don't know who this kid is. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I, I suck. Or said something bad about himself. I said, it's just, it's one of those, you don't suck, first of all. 
It's just one of those games. Today wasn't your day. So now your team needs you to play first base. I've never played first base. So I, I, I have to call timeout. This isn't even my team. I call timeout. I tell the kid where to stand and how to play first base, where his feet should be positioned, where it should be when the ball comes, where it should be when they – I'm taking like five minutes to show this kid what to do. The other coach is sitting in the dugout just watching. He doesn't give a shit. So finally, the inning ends. The game ends on a slot of rule, like three innings later, and we're cleaning up. And here comes this mom. She's holding a bat, and I'm in the dugout area, which is just a four-foot or a three-foot fence, you know, fenced-in area, no fence above you. And I said, oh, that's nice. We must have forgot a, a, a bat on the third base side, and she's going to bring it back to us. <laughs> so I'm, I'm waiting for her, and I, she comes walking up to me, and she fucking swings the bat at me, swings it at me, <laughs> and says, you called my kid garbage. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I grabbed the bat. After she swung and missed, I grabbed the bat from her. I said, you're insane, lady. What are you doing? You called my kid garbage. I said, I never did such a thing. I told my kids not to swing at a garbage pitch. If you want to swing a bat at someone, go swing at the coach who left him in the game. That's the guy you should be swinging a bat at. And that was her husband. So maybe he was uh, trying to teach his kid a lesson. But <clears throat> bad lesson. And you can see by the mom's reaction, the whole family are nuts. So those are the parents that you deal with when you're coaching too. It's probably a fun car ride home though. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. So back on track. We, uh, we, we can skip the news and the heroes of the stuff until next week, but um, we do have to do the Officer Down Memorial. I was just checking, and we had, last time I checked, we had seven officers that passed away. Since seven, we re- the updated stuff out of New York. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine now. Yeah, the, uh, the New York officer was added yesterday, but uh, two more were added the 23rd and 22nd and 23rd, so we'll start this. <laughs> All right. Oswego County Sheriff's Office in New York. Corrections Officer Melissa M. France. Her end of watch was Monday, January 17th, 2022, from COVID 19. Corrections Officer France was a United States Navy veteran who served 10 years with the Oswego County Sheriff's Office. She was instrumental in organizing community events, charities, the scholarship committee, and partnering the sheriff's office with the local community. She is survived by her daughter. She was 45 years old. Her badge number was 002. Wayne County Sheriff's Office in Michigan, Corporal Ernest M. Robinson, end of watch Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. Corporal Ernest Robinson died from complications as a result of COVID-19. Corporal Robinson had served with the Wayne County Sheriff's Office for 27 years. He is survived by his four children. He was 50 years old. Jefferson College Police Department in Missouri, Chief of Police, Don Reif. End of watch, Thursday, January 20th, 2022. Chief of Police Don Reif died as a result of contracting COVID-19. 
while on duty, he contracted it. Chief Rife had served with the Jefferson College Police Department for seven years and had previously served as a special agent with the United States Army Criminal Investigation Division for 30 and a half years. He is survived by three children. He was 59 years old. His badge number was 400. Memphis Police Department, Memphis, Tennessee. Police Officer Coril Jones. His end of watch was Thursday, January 20th, 2022. Coril Jones was killed in a vehicle crash at the intersection of East Shelby Drive and Pleasant Hill Road at about 2.30 a.m. Officer Jones was responding to a call when another vehicle collided with his patrol car. The driver of the other car was killed in the crash. Officer Jones was transported to a local hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. Officer Jones had served with the Memphis Police Department for almost two years. He is survived by his two children. He was 32 years old. Elk Grove Police Department in California. Police Officer Tyler Lenahan. His end of watch was Friday, January 21st of 2022. Police Officer Ty Lenahan was killed when his police motorcycle was struck head-on by a drunk driver on State Highway 99 near 12th Avenue in Sacramento. The drunk driver was traveling in the wrong direction on the divided highway at about 5.15 a.m. when he struck Officer Lenahan. The man was arrested by members of the California Highway Patrol as he attempted to walk away from the scene. The subject, who had at least one prior DUI arrest, was charged with felony DUI. Officer Lenahan was a U.S. Air Force veteran and had served with the Elk Grove Police Department for six years. He had previously served with the Citrus Heights Police Department for four years. Do not have his age, a total of six years of being a police officer. Lee County School District Police Department in Mississippi, School Resource Officer Johnny Patterson, end of watch Friday, January 21st, 2022. School Resource Officer Johnny Patterson succumbed to injuries sustained on January 13th, 2022 when he was struck by a car while directing traffic at Noah Curtis Street in front of Shannon Primary School. He was directing traffic at the end of the school day when a vehicle struck the back of his patrol car, which was then pushed into him. He was transported to North Mississippi Medical Center, where he remained on life support until his organs were donated on January 21st, 2022. Officer Patterson also served as the assistant chief of the Verona Police Department and had served in law enforcement for 28 years. He is survived by his wife, two sons, and several grandchildren. He was 58 years old. New York City Police Department. Police Officer Jason Rivera. End of watch Friday, January 21st. 
Police officer Jason Rivera was shot and killed when he and two other officers responded to a domestic violence call in an apartment at 119 West 135th Street in Harlem. When the officers arrived at the apartment about 6.30 p.m., they spoke with the suspect's mother. Officer Rivera had another officer and another officer went to the rear of the apartment to interview the suspect while the third officer stayed with the mother. As the officers approached the door to a room the suspect was in, the suspect opened the door and immediately began to fire at the officers, striking Officer Rivera and one of his partners. The third officer returned fire, wounding the suspect. Officer Rivera and the second wounded officer were both transported to Harlem Hospital in grave condition. Officer Rivera succumbed to his wounds a short short time later. Officer Rivera had served with the New York City Police Department for just over one year. He was 22 years old. His badge number was 25738. Texas Department of Public Safety, Criminal Investigations Division, in Texas, Special Agent Anthony Salas, end of watch January 22nd, 2022. Special Agent Anthony Salas was killed in an accident near Eagle Pass, Texas, while conducting joint tactical operations with the United States Border Patrol's BORTAC unit. He was flown to University Hospital in San Antonio, where he succumbed to his injuries the following day. Special Agent Salas was a U.S. Marine Corps veteran. He had served at the Texas Department of Public Safety for nine years and was assigned to the Special Operations Group. He was 37 years old. Harris County Constable's Office in Precinct 5 in Texas, Corporal Charles Galloway, end of watch Sunday, January 23rd, 2022, Corporal Charles Galloway was shot and killed while conducting a traffic stop in the 9100 block of Beechnut Street at about 12.45 a.m. The vehicle, I'm sorry, the driver of the vehicle he stopped exited the car and opened fire, killing Corporal Galloway. The man then fled the scene in his car and remains at large at this time. Corporal Galloway had served with the Harris County Constable's Office, Precinct 5, for 12 years. He is survived by his daughter and sisters. He was 47 years old, served 12 years and six months. That is the end of the officers, and there were no canines. Tough week. We're at 23 for the year, and it hasn't even been a month. Those aren't good numbers. So, all right, uh, that concludes the law enforcement Little League talk portion of the show. We will be getting to the woodworking portion right now after this message by Brandon of Full House Woodworking. I'm just kidding. I've got you down. <laughs> you need some product. You should work with wood. Work with wood. And if you're looking and for a, something a Peloton. Bra- 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 yeah. 
or Full House Woodworking or, on Etsy. Or, or even D. Miller Designs. D. Miller Designs. Etsy. There you go. You're on Etsy, right, David? There you go. No, I sell everything <laughs> just through uh, Instagram. Okay, no website yet? No. I'm, I I sell a lot of stuff just through Instagram. So That's I'm awesome. And I kind of roll with that right now. Well, you probably have more than... More than my 2,800 followers, so that's probably a good reason why you sell so much on Instagram. Sell one, neither one of us combined. Yeah, <laughs> which is good that you're that's uh, working for you. So yeah, I was telling oh, you probably you listen to the show, so I was telling my friends that I was hiking with that were interested in getting a flag that they should just go on my Etsy page. And one guy's like, "Etsy, what's that?" And the other guy's like, "That's where chicks shop." I'm like, "No, no, guys shop there too." What the hell? No, 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 I swear it's for dudes too. It's for I promise. Dudes too. All right. So, uh, Brandon, what do you have going on in the shop before we get to David? Well, I finished cutting down the uh, the plywood for the doors to the pantry. Oh yeah. Awesome. So now I just got to get the um, the track ordered so that we can hang them, and then okay. I get going on staining and trimming them to their final length. So I got to wait for the hardware so it can tell me how much I need to take off from oh, yeah. what the actual opening is. So cause I know it varies from manufacturer to manufacturer. So where did you buy your hardware from? I haven't bought it yet. <laughs> okay. So that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah. So now I got to go on. I'm probably going to order it tonight. And where are you going to order but that from? I don't know yet. I'm going to probably look at Amazon first. And then maybe if, if there's a company out there who would like to sponsor the pantry doors in my <laughs> kitchen, the pantry door please, for God's sakes, reach out to me. You can DM Brandon at full house woodworking or email me at full house woodworking at gmail.com. Right. Because I had to start an email because Mike said, well, just start an email. Maybe people will start giving you free shit. And, um, well, Mike is, to date, the only person to have used that email. But someone's going to see your content and go to your contact page, and if you don't have an email, they're going to pass you. So it, if it is, it is listed on the IG page. So all right, good. That's the point. We'll that sounds like a good idea. I don't have an email, man. I'm I'm messing up all over the place. I don't have an email don't know, because what you're doing is working. Something you're doing because going to well. be. You're you're selling more than us. If if I do a quick follower count, I'm pretty sure. You have more followers on Instagram than Mike and I combined. I just got lucky on a couple of reels. See, that's the thing that I need to start doing. I need, I need to post one one of the reels and just see what, what the hell is Mike doing. He's, str- he's struggling with Hold what on. he's doing let's, over there. Let's just point out that Mike is trying. For for those of you that are only listening to this, you need to go onto YouTube and watch just this portion. Because Mike is trying to put on a fleece, but he was trying to keep his headphones on and failing horribly. Miserably. Yeah, that it's, was bad. I mean, I, I got to ask, what the hell was that? What was that? Are you talking to me? Uh-oh. Yes, I'm talking yeah. to you. You're the only one that did something that brought this show to a screeching halt. You guys were talking. David and I, David and I could not carry on a conversation <laughs> with that kind. What of, kind and of now professionals? You're to a freaking hat on. <laughs> what kind of professionals are you? <laughs> oh, that was awesome. What? I I had to put my. I'm sorry, guys. I are had to put high? my sweatshirt on because it's are like freezing high? in my shop. 
So anyways. Are you high right now? I, no. like, what was that? You know what's funny? I wouldn't know what high is because I've never done any drugs that make you high. I've never done the drug. I've never done the marijuana. Never done the marijuana. Although I've been buzzed from a beer. All it takes is one beer. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so <laughs> I have not had a beer, but I, I was getting very cold and I had to put my sweatshirt on. Sorry. There you go. At no point did it occur, like, just to take your headphones you guys completely are off. <laughs> just to take the headphones completely I did that. off. But after you struggled for about 35 seconds. Let's go to the videotape. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. I this is going to be our, our, our highest rated YouTube video. Yeah, great. It wouldn't take much. Because people are, are going to be curious. <laughs> if yeah. somebody other than us watches it, we're going to, this is going to just blow up. Yeah, someone's definitely watching it. We got like 30, 30 or 31 followers now. Yeah, but. You can't get I mean, to 1,000 without 30. I'm pretty sure that's you creating new email addresses or using one of your 37 <laughs> to log in and subscribe. It's actually not, but it's a good idea. You you can all, you guys don't know how to create email accounts apparently because you don't have any for your own business, so it can't be you doing it. It's on my to do list. All right, tell us, David, what's going on in your shop this week? Well, oh wait, I wait, have... wait! Before you start, because I like to interrupt. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. How did you get into woodworking? Because that's you're like one of our favorite woodworkers, and I I want to know how you got into it. Um, it, it kind of all started. My wife um was buying these like really nice like farmhouse type signs from a local maker here in our area hazel gray just she's really really good and um she was bringing them home and like man i think i can maybe do something like that so i made a few signs and then i would post them like on facebook hey i made this sign for jennifer and it kind of just progress from there where people wanted me to make them signs or then it kind of progressed to you know COVID hit so then my wife's like hey we need a a stand for our tv you want to make it sure you know and then I kind of did that whole Anna White train that everybody went on for a while yeah and then uh, yeah yeah. and then from there it kind of progressed really like the Mike Coffey and and Pete and all those guys I was listening to them and and I wanted to start using hardwoods. So then I went and bought a hardwood and I had a stroke. <laughs> I bought a hardwood. I had a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, bought, I think I bought a piece of walnut and I remember walking up because I didn't know what I was doing. I walked up and I gave it to the person and they were like, yeah, it's like $112. And I go, well, it said it was like $12. And they were like, yeah, that's per board foot. And I go, what yeah, obviously board? I know that. <laughs> so then... I ran out of there and I learned quickly what a board foot meant and went from there. And then I started doing cutting boards and that's about it. Cool. Yeah. That's a good, so a couple of years, three years, four years. Um, we're probably about two years deep right now. Okay. Well, your stuff's yeah. great, man. In the what you into the whole Instagram content creation stuff. So I have a really good friend, Abel, who lives here in Temecula. He's a pastor and he had an Instagram and he was doing stories, right? So he would get on there and he would be talking and just about his day and about woodworking. And I thought, man, that's really cool. I want to try to do that, but I was terrified to get in front of the camera. So I would just point the camera at stuff I was making and never getting in front of it. And then one day I just turned it around and became a star. 
well, I don't know if a star, but it definitely made it, it just made it easier, right? And then yeah. now it's like second nature. I just talk and I don't even edit it. I just, whatever goes on there goes on there. That's cool. Yeah. And when did you jump into the whole laser game? Um, Cause you're like the Instagram laser king. Thank you. Um, probably about a year ago, I decided, I don't know if, if I really look back into my posts, I can probably find when I first got it, but it's probably been about a year. I wanted one. I didn't know what I wanted. And there wasn't a lot of people other than like the really expensive CO2 lasers that people were showing. Nobody was really dabbling in the diode laser. So I kind of just winged it and I found Ortor and I bought a 15 watt, I think, or the seven watt one first. And then I upgraded to the 15 watt and then, um, kind of moved on and was contacted by Ortor and I got the pro sent to me. So that's what I'm using now. How did they contact you if you don't have an email address? Just DM? Yeah, it's all through DMs. And really, Jason Sullivan, I, I think you probably know him, Brandon, yeah. but he was very instrumental with helping that whole deal get made. Um, the first time they had contacted me, it was all kind of fixed and, and it was a good deal. And then they ghosted me. Oh, <laughs> and, man. And it, and it just kind of disappeared. And so I told him one day what happened. He goes, well, that's not right. Yeah, it isn't. And um, within two weeks, it was sent to my house. So wow. he, he put the yeah. thumb down on him. Yeah, he had some influence there. So it was sent out and I did some content for them and, you know, did the whole ambassador thing and yeah. kind of. Works out pretty good. I like that laser. Yeah, I think it's super underrated. I mean, and then I was watching you with it, and that's what kind of got me, or what sold me on getting my 7-watt one. Right. And then quickly outgrew it. Yeah, and, you know, the nice part about that laser is the software is pretty user-friendly, right? So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to run this thing, So, which is good for me because I'm not a rocket scientist. Are you sure? Yeah. I, I, positive. If it required Very positive. more, I'd just be hitting my computer with a rock. <laughs> yeah. Just work. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I got that thing going now, and it, it works really well with um, personalizing things, cutting yeah, boards, stuff it. like that. It really goes a long way. It, that's part of the reason why I think I sell so many of them is I can personalize them. Yeah. You don't have a CNC, right? I do right behind you me do. and it's mainly a drying table because I haven't taken the time to learn it. <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> it's the Shapoko XXL. Oh, that's what I got. Yeah. Are you running Vectric VCarve or just a carbide create? Carbide create. Yeah. Dump that. It, when you save up and get the Vectric <laughs> VCarve or Aspire because carbide creates um, a good starting software, but you'll find that it's limited and, uh, Vectric V-Carve is so much more. It's not very hard to learn, and uh, it can do so much more stuff. I haven't even scratched the surface of what that software does. Like, I want to do 3D carvings and, sh and stuff, and I I haven't taken the time. But all that stuff's in there and stuff that you can't do with Carbide Create. But they have re-released re and upgraded their software, so maybe they're including some more stuff in there that Vectric has. But Right. 
I told See, I Brandon about getting into the whole CNC game, and then I saw Mike's learning curve on it. I went, nope. No, it's not, you know, <laughs> like anything. I I looked at. I told Brandon I was looking at getting a laser, like you guys. And then I'm adding everything up, and then I want the tumbler rotator thing, and then I want the and next thing you know, I'm I'm spending eleven hundred bucks, and it was that or the Festool Domino at the time, so just a few hundred bucks more, I got the Domino. But I do want to add a laser at some point to my shop, and my wife, she was looking at the, um, I think it's a CO two laser. I'm trying to think of the name of the brand that uh, it's starting to come around. It's smaller version. Uh, I know. Um- I know Omtech is really Not out there right Omtech, now. Um, Glowforge. Yes, she wanted yeah. a Glowforge like eighteen months ago. She was looking at getting one, and I know there. Those are... things are just the one thing with the CO2 lasers; they're just so damn expensive. Yeah, and don't don't you have to vent that also? Yes. Right. So I'd have to like put holes in the house or something to vent it outside. But I mean, technically, we should probably be venting the Otor as well. But you I just turn a fan out. I just get my little Ryobi fan. Yeah. I angle it towards the big open garage door because I live in California where it's sunny and 75 most of the year. Same thing. Yeah, I do the exact same and thing. And I just kick it up on high and let it go. Okay. So yeah. I'm in the basement, so not sure how that would work. Yeah, you're going to need some sort of ventilation so you don't die. Yeah. I have windows down here, and I've got the, the WEN air pur- purification thing. I was thinking about adding a second one, but uh, we'll see. I'm I'm about a year away from getting a laser, but David, like I, you were saying, it's easy to personalize your stuff. I guess I could do it with the CNC, because now I showed the cutting board thing, and now people are like, "Hey, I want to order a cutting board from you." <laughs> I only made, you know, I've never made one until now, and now there's other people right. that, that want them. But I was thinking about getting a branding iron and stuff, uh, just to put my own logo on it. Although my daughter made my logo into a um, an SVG file for me, so I can engrave it on shit. But right. uh, I was thinking about getting a branding iron so I can brand the back of the boards. I don't know. Yeah. The the nice thing about the laser is it burns it in, right? Yeah. So as with the CNC, the CNC is going to carve it in mm-hmm. and you're not, it's not going to pop as much, right? As when you burn it in. Right. I'd have to put epoxy on it or something, make it stand out. Right. Right. So I might just go with the branding iron for now and then work my way up to the laser. So I told my wife, this isn't just, it's Marazzo woodworking. So she wants to do all these projects that she has in her mind. And I said, start your little business and we'll roll you into the Marazzo woodworking. And I've, my website's almost complete. The privacy policy being, privacy policies being added. I'm almost ready to launch by the end of the month, I hope. So whatever she does, we can just bring that into the website and she could have her right. own page and stuff. So, you know, at some point we'll get a laser and some other stuff, but... So would you be able to get like a laser add on to your ship? Yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. They make one. Uh, I don't JTEC know. JTEC makes it. JTEC. It's like 800. And save yourself some, some money on it. I thought about it. I looked at some of the software, not the software, but the actual wiring it in and everything like that. Is it like 500 bucks, David? Somewhere around uh, there? I think it's like 800, 800 bucks. bucks. I thought eight sounds, yeah. yeah, eight sounds more right. So yeah, I guess I could do that too. That's not going anywhere. I'm going to have that CNC, you know, even if I get the bigger right. one, I'll probably keep the smaller one. And you don't have to worry about the the issue of taking up space. Yeah, it's already it's got a dedicated your, workspace. Your CNC. Yeah. So what are you working on uh, big right now, David? Um, I have one cutting board going right now for an Instagram follower. It's uh, Purple Heart, Hard Maple, 
Walnut and Flame Birch. Ooh, I don't know so, that one. Yeah, it looks good when you put oil on it. So that one is dialed expensive. in. Nah, yeah, it's kind of expensive. Um, so that one just got the juice grooves done today, and I'll probably get some sanding on it and and ship it out by Friday. Um, I have another Naughty Alder charcuterie board that I'm doing. It's gonna have a funny saying on it for a follower. Um, I have a retirement gift for a union member, and it's made out of sycamore. I don't know if you guys have used sycamore, but it's freaking beautiful. I haven't used it, but I worked for the Sycamore Police Department, and our conference table was made out of sycamore. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I, I put it on my stories a couple days ago, and I think two people out of like 120 guesses, only two of them got it right. So I got that going on. Where do you go for your wood, <laughs> all your hardwood? Where do you go? So in San Diego, there's a couple really good places. One of them is called TH&H. Um, it's great prices, really nice people. Ben from Willowwood is the one who turned me on to them. So I really enjoy going there. And then there's another one near my work called San Marcos Hardwoods. And they have really good deals too. So those are my two go-tos. Okay. And when you go to buy all your wood, do you shop Do you shop um, project specific or do you buy just a bunch of wood? 100%. Okay. No, hundred percent project specific. Okay. I will literally get it down to the inch of wow. what I'm purchasing. Okay. And I will have practically no waste and I will figure out exactly how many pieces I need for a cutting board or whatever is going to be. And that's what I will purchase. I'll buy either 19 inches or 25 inches because okay. I would give myself a little bit and that's it. And then I will make whatever I'm going to make and I will get the profit from it and put it in my in my Venmo account and let it sit there until I want to buy a tool and I'll move on to the next one. Cool. Yeah. That's basically what we do. Right. Brandon, take that money, put it in a, your tool purchase oh, yeah. account. Okay. It goes into the tool account. Yeah. So yeah, everything, everything I do in my shop is a hundred percent separate from our home live right. account. And you know, me and my wife, this is everything in here is paid by making something. Right. And it's not coming out of my out of our personal account and that helps that helps you know that with arguments or whatever it's it's 100 percent separate there's really yeah i still feel guilty when i say i'm just gonna dump 1600 bucks for a domino and she's like i, I feel guilty it's that the buyer's remorse even though i just got that money from selling you know a couple of flags and whatever else so at, right when i first started telling her you know a couple of years ago that i'm gonna buy this she's like how are you gonna pay for that uh, well, I don't know. I'll figure it out. So I had some money saved up. And then once you buy one tool and you make something and it makes some money, then you start the way you just did it, save up till the next tool purchase. And now nothing comes out right. of our account. And it, we don't have, I have to do a separate, I'm, I have to do, I haven't done, I have to do a separate bank account because right now it's in my savings for both of us. And I just, I want to get it out of there. Because I want to do an LLC and I want to keep all, you know, I did that flag, the big five foot flag. And then the secretary contacted me and she's like, I need your W9 so I can get this check cut. And I'm like, what? I want cash. Just pay me cash. W9. Fuck. Now I got to go on the website and print out a W9. Now I got to report that shit. So. No bueno. Yeah. But that's, you know, that I don't want to lose a customer because it's a 
corporation or a company and they have to pay with a corporation check or a village. So yep. I have to get all that yep. shit set up soon. Yeah. So I don't have, uh, I do have the large flag update. I just have a few things, but uh, you guys have seen the pictures. I was horrified. I got the email last week in the middle of the week. Hey, Mike, this is the chief. And uh, I don't know what happened, but your flag bent about five-eighths of an inch, and we can't hang it. Can you please come look at it? And I'm like, okay. And I, he didn't take, send me any pictures or anything, and I got off work. Friday morning from Thursday night shift, I just drove up there and thought I could take a look at it and see. As soon as he had it laying on their big-ass conference table on their office, as soon as I walked in, I saw it. It was smiling at me. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. That thing was a frowny face? No, yeah, it didn't turn as a frowny face. It was sitting up as a smiley face, and I said, holy shit. That thing was a skateboard ramp. What did you guys do to that? (laughs) So he's like, I'm really sorry I didn't want to tell you, but I don't know if it was the, the temperature in here or the humidity or lack of humidity or whatever. And so he goes, can you take it? I'm like, oh, yeah, I can take it. I don't know if you're going to get it back. So he helped me through it in the bed of the truck. And uh, it's sitting in my other room with weights on it upside down. Because Jonathan back told me just put some weights on it and let gravity yeah. do its thing. I might have an idea. Okay. Have you thought about using C-channel? Yeah. Like just routing a couple grooves, putting in the C-channel, and then that way it's got a steel, like more or less a spine. Yeah, I thought about it. into it. Um, you mean for the new flag or trying to fix this one? I, either. But here's what I was going to do. I told you I, it was a big panel glue up basically, and then I put the plywood on the back to keep it off the wall with brad nails and glue. I want to get one of those tools – those ran, you know, those, like the Ryobi flat blade tool, and you get multi tools that you can change. Multi tool, yeah, multi-tool, yeah, thanks. Yeah. And I want to cut. Hell, kind of, you know, that thing. No, it does it. So <laughs> another reason to watch the video. All right. <laughs> David knows what I'm talking. He knew this exactly what I was talking be, about. This might be our last one because I think Mike's having a stroke. <laughs> you guys are getting flagged. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to. I don't know if I can get that under the plywood if I can cut off the plywood with a multi-tool and bust the nails off or whatever, and then maybe get some channel like you were mentioning and put it on there and bring it back. The channel would have to have the oblong holes in it and stuff so it can, the wood movement and stuff, but it was an idea. And someone even told me, I don't even need to route the channel in. If, if I make another big flag, if you put channel on the back, but flip it, you know, so it's back, is resting on it. Uh, you can just do that and it will be strong enough to where then you can hang it and you don't have to actually route it into the back of the flag. But cause I don't think that would bend that steel anyway. Yeah. I can't imagine it would. So that the update is the flag's screwed. It's a skateboard ramp. Like David said, I don't know if it's ever going to recover. So I started looking at options that we were talking about in the pre-show, possibly using PVC boards, and I shouldn't freak out. I don't want to get scared away from working with wood. And it doesn't matter how big the flag is. My small ones, medium ones, or the large ones, it's all the same principle. None of them, the other 99, have ever bowed. So whatever made this one do that, I think it was an anomaly. Although what kind many, of paint did you use? Many people, what kind of what? What kind of paint? 
I used the latex paint. Uh, Did you paint both sides or just one? No. Painted one side because on the back, after I polyurethane them, I write on them. That's my thing, right? Yeah. I write messages. I wrote the St. Anthony or St. Michael's Police Prayer on there. I wrote a message to the chief, and then I put our – I write, you know, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. So if I were to paint both sides, which someone suggested, I wouldn't be able to personalize the flag. Uh, that's one thing. Good. You just have to use a different color sharpie. Maybe. Uh, so I used a water-based latex paint for the black and the white. The white's the paint I use to trim, to paint my trim in my house. It's a, a semi, semi-gloss. It's a good paint. But I was thinking, so someone said paint both sides, and then someone suggested they put on like four coats of either polycrylic or uh, what's the total boat? Halcyon. Like Halcyon. Halcyon. Yeah, to really seal in the flag so no moisture can get in there or escape. Uh, I thought about painting all of it, each one board separately, both sides, after I seal it. Maybe seal the wood with a sanding sealer or a shellac to seal it, then paint it, then polyurethane it. I mean, really sealing the wood so it can't twist and lose any moisture. Because I already did the alternating grain patterns, and that didn't seem to help. So whatever the issue was, I don't know. But I got that nightmare sitting in the room over there. I told the chief I would buy new wood and then let it sit in my shop for a while before I work with it if I do the wood. So I'm going to go to Home Depot. I'm going to buy three of those boards. And if it costs me 85 bucks or $90, it's an experiment. I don't care. I'm going to paint one of them. I'm going to put it on the CNC. I'm going to engrave it like I would. Uh, and if it works out good, I'll make their flag out of PVC because it'll never warp. And it's just painted black and white. So what's the, you know, they don't want wood grain showing anyways. And we'll go from there. Uh, so I got that going on. Doing the first cutting boards, I'm, I'm ready to do the juice groove. I cut two pieces of plywood to match the same shape as the cutting board. I practiced putting the juice groove in it. I didn't have the bit, uh, the touch probe properly seated the first time, so it, it moved off target. I finally figured out how to do that. And then David sent me a picture of the bit that you use for your juice groove, right, David? You sent me the picture of the back of it, and that I think you get it at Rockler because I saw a Rockler in the background. Um, Correct, yeah. But I didn't see an order or a part number on it, I don't think. Um, oh, maybe it's 0121, I don't know, uh, with the uh, SKU code in it. But you give me the dimensions of it, half inch deep, three-eighths of an inch right. high, and a quarter inch round. So, yeah. Because I think that, you know, that bit I used, David, put a big – that juice groove. I think it was a beast. Because it's a bowling. Yeah, that's a moat. It's the bowl bit. And so when I – I did the practice one. I gave it to my buddy Danny. I brought it to work Thursday. It's for him and his wife. So I said, here's your cutting board. <laughs> and I gave him the piece of plywood, and, and my other buddy was in the locker room, and he looked at us confused, and Dan said, boy, this is really going to – my meat's not going to be very good on this board. He was going along with the joke. But he likes – he wanted a moat because he does a lot of, like, rib roast and other things and with a ton of blood. So he wants a deeper – I asked him, that's three-eighths of an inch deep. And I was reading where – on the bigger board, some guys do uh, up to a half inch deep. Mm-hmm. So I did three eighths of an inch because the the board's only you know just uh, just about an inch. He didn't want anything thicker than that. So three eighths seemed pretty deep to me. And he said, "No, I want a moat." So for him, it's going to work out good. But for in the future, I'm going to get this bit so I can do smaller, wide width of juice grooves. 
because he wants me to engrave right. his wife's name on the outside of the juice groove on the far corners, just there and there. And there's not much room. If I move that juice groove in, I'm losing cutting space. Right. Right. So you want more area to cut your meat on. So all things I'm learning doing the cutting boards, is pretty cool. Uh, I did not go and I didn't go and get hardwood at a hardwood store. I just ordered two hardwood kits from forest to home and there's come surface two sides, which are the, the end grains. No, the edge grains. And you just have to plane and, and uh, joint the face and the back, but it's not that thick. I want thicker boards. I want to do thicker boards. Right. So I got to learn that too, of how much to order, when to go to a wood store. Cause they're not open when I'm awake, all that kind of stuff, you know? Right. Uh, and then the last thing I have for the week is I kicked off my St. Baldrick's fundraiser this week. I posted on Instagram and on both YouTube channels, on Facebook, on both Facebook pages. And, uh, just to let people know that are listening, if they haven't seen any of that, I am raising money for St. Baldrick's for the 15th year in a row. St. Baldrick's is trying to find a cure for pediatric cancer. Every penny that's donated goes towards finding that cure. And so in March, when the campaign's over, I'll shave my head. And this year I'm actually uh, honoring a child, and he's from Colorado. He had a brain tumor when he was a baby. Uh, his story is on my Facebook or through the link, you can see his story on my St. Baldrick's page. Uh, so if anybody wants to donate five bucks, a dollar, five dollars, you can go to my uh, Instagram page or just watch the videos on YouTube. And you can, there's a link in the description on how to follow that. So that was a big thing for me. And last year I had told Brandon last week, he asked how much I made and I want to surpass that. I mistakenly said 3,500. We actually raised over $5,500 last year. So this year's goal is six grand. Don't know if I'll ever get come close to that, but you, you personally did fifty five. I personally raised fifty five, sixty five. That's awesome. Okay, so that's how I got that. We're trophy. going to six. Yeah, so I'm going to six thousand. Like I said, any amount is going to be great because it all goes for the kids. So anybody that's listening great. that's interested, please feel free to uh, find the page or just shoot me a DM and I can send you a link. So that's what I got. And we, like I said, we do have a question from David Franklin, and we're going to try something right now, live on the show. Going live, I'm going to bring up the question. I've synced my phone, Bluetooth, and we will see. Synchronized watches. Synchronizing the watches. Brandon never gets to hear the question. We'll see if it, <laughs> if it pops. So here we go in two. Hey, what's going on, guys? Dave, 516 Woodworks. It's been a while since I've sent in a question, so I got a uh, three-tiered question here for you. What is your favorite project that you have worked on to date? What is the worst project that you have worked on to date that you just couldn't wait until it was done? And what is your most popular, most requested project that uh, you do the most of? Can't wait to see how the podcast goes this year. Looking forward to all the episodes you guys do. Looking forward to seeing all the projects that you guys are going to be doing. Good luck and be safe out there. All right. Thanks, David. This is how we're doing questions from now on. That was awesome. It was, right? It worked. Uh, Three-tier question. So I'm going to leave you guys up first. So, Brandon, 
What's your favorite I, I project? Think, I think David should David go David should first. go first? He's okay. the guest. Just throwing me right out there. David's huh? the guest. Like, <laughs> he, he gets to go underneath. He gets to go on a hot seat first. Okay. Not underneath you, but onto a hot seat. Because it sounded well, like I you mean, wanted him to go under you. Which is kind of podcast. Like that, dude. Like, <laughs> we're having wrong. a fun time here, and then you had to make it weird. <laughs> so what's your favorite project to date ever, David? Um, my favorite project to date, I did an end table for my wife out of white Oak and I finished it with Rubio and it came out legit and it's in our house and I look at it every day and I'm really glad I did it. That's awesome. Brandon, your favorite project ever. Favorite project. And I think this is why it pissed me off so much when my son wanted to change rooms (laughs) is this freaking closet (laughs) insert. Um, no, it was just, it was a ton of fun to do because I got to do it. Like I made him like, it was for his room. So he came out, he helped me. I mean, and we spent, I mean, it was a solid, you know, 16 to 24 hours of just me and my boy in our garage making something with our own two hands and teaching him stuff and him figuring things out. And that was, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed every last second of it. I'd have to say I have one that's not a woodworking. Well, I worked with wood, but when I when I made my last house turn two bedrooms into one huge grand master bedroom suite with French doors and built-in bookshelves and a huge walk-in closet, that's more of a carpentry thing more than a woodworking thing. There's also a special swing in the corner, maybe. There's a special sign in the corner? Swing. Oh, swing. No, there was no swing in the corner. <laughs> But reinforced, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for woodworking, my first vanity that I built was for the powder room. Although the turned leg vanity I built for the second bathroom, the blue one, looks cooler. The actual first vanity I ever built is all white, and I see that one mostly because I'm in that I use that bathroom all the time because it's on the first floor. So I think that's my favorite project to date. It's my first vanity that I ever built with no shop just a few tools. So it turned out pretty good. The second question was, <laughs> what's the most least favorite, the least favorite the one, yeah. the bane of your existence. Mike, we all know yours. Yeah. It's this five foot flag. Correct. <laughs> so I don't have to answer. That's mine. David, right, how David, about what's you? your least favorite? Well, I think my least favorite, I got commissioned to do like an entertainment center, like the Anna white deal. And it was that whole whitewash look where you have to stain it and you have to paint it white and you have to wipe it all off and that whole thing. And I was doing that and it was in dead of summer and Temecula gets about 110 dead of summer. So I'm out here trying to paint that thing and wipe it off and it's drying super fast. And I could not wait to get that out of my shop. (laughs) Sucked. Mine was the dowel table. As, as much as I learned doing that and as proud as I was for doing that with absolutely you know, no fasteners in it at all, it was all dowel joinery, that, that tabletop with the space in between each slat, oh, God, that was absolutely miserable getting lined up making it square oh man 
that, that was I was so happy to get that thing out yep I, I don't know if I'll ever do one again <laughs> And mine was a damn five foot flag, not just because it came back, but it took me so long to do. And then driving up to Jonathan's and using his shop is cool until I screwed up a piece and had to then come home and make another piece and then ship it to him and wait for him to be shipped. <laughs> I mean, that whole thing. And now I got to do it over. So that's crazy. Yeah. Hey, on that flag, are you going to be able to salvage the star in the patch and put on? Did the you see new that? One, I did that on a story. No, I don't think I can do that. But what I thought I would do, I, I did a story about it, is cut out around it so you'll have the black, white, black, white with the star in it and frame it and give oh, them okay. the star framed and the patch framed. It's two separate, and they can put that on the wall too. I don't know. It was an idea. I don't want to completely garbage it. If I can salvage that, it would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and the, what was the third part of the question? Uh, the, the worst, the best, and? Uh, what you make the most out of. Yeah, the most. Right, go ahead. Most requested. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, David. Uh, probably cutting boards. I've been cranking those things out for the last couple months, left and right. So cutting boards. I have a question about that. Is there good uh, margins in doing cutting boards? Because I don't even know how much to charge for the one I'm doing. I have no idea. He thinks he's getting it for free because he ordered it in October of 2020. He might have a point, but <laughs> I'm not sure. No, yeah, there's 100% good margins on it as long as you're not overbuying your materials. Okay. That's kind of why I buy per board. Yeah. Um, and you just really got to pay attention to the wood you're using and what they're requesting. And you, it's hard just to say, you know, it's hard to put a blanket statement. Every one of them is, is 150 bucks no matter what because you could be using, right. you know, pur- Purple Heart that's 18 bucks a board foot right now or right. whatever it's going to be compared to if you're making it out of maple or sure. alder or whatever else. So. Okay. But it, as long as you're up front and you're telling them what the cost is based on their design, yeah, there's definitely money to be made. All right. Brandon, what do you make mostly? I think the thing, even though like I haven't made a ton lately, it's it's flags. Like that's the thing that I I've, I've been asked to make the most of. Uh, tumblers are are coming up coming up there. Good. Uh, ever since I got the rotary, but it seemed like ever since I put it on Etsy and uh actually ordered like kind of in bulk some tumblers. Like I was like, yeah, I want tumblers anymore. <laughs> so They'll come around. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good to have them on hand. Yeah. And of course mine is flags because yeah, you're the flag guy. for some reason I'm the flag guy. A hundred flags is good for me. I know a lot of people that do have done more and do more cause that's all they do. I want to do other things. So right. Flags is fun, but I, I have been selling a lot of bottle openers lately. But yeah. And that's coming up. I'm like in the fifties now of bottle opener. So in a shorter amount of time, that's catching up to the flag. So, uh, but yeah, I want to do more signs and tables and shit, but right now it's, uh, David Franklin, it's flags for me. Of course, that's what helped buy all my tools flags. I'd like to get into signs, but I I can't for whatever reason, come up with like sayings to put on. Well, here's what, you know, you can, And the ones I do come up with are, are not appropriate, not appropriate. Well, there's always an audience, right? So if you, especially if you have your own website, you can put your own products on there that you don't worry about someone stumbling, like a kid looking at Etsy. It's going to come across a sign that says, I just saw a Mustang in front of me on the way home the other day from work. I took a picture of it. It was a stick guy. It said the word it, the word it, and then a stick man like humping it. Fuck it. That's what, you know, the sign. And I want to make that. I want to engrave that on some wood and, do that, and then there's certain stuff like the Yellowstone logo from the show. I want to make that and frame it. And 
I've got a running list of stuff. I'm a big movie TV guy. So if I see something, a prop or something in a show or a saying, I want to make that. I want to make a sign with the saying. I want to make the actual prop. I want to make the logo. And I know all that stuff, all well, the logo stuff, just like doing Disney Marvel stuff. At some point, someone's going to notice that and go, you can't sell it anymore. If the people that run Yellowstone want to yell at me for selling their Y logo made out of wood to a Yellowstone fan, I'll just have to stop. But I have a list of all that stuff that I want to do too, Brandon. The main thing is having yeah. time without having to remake flags that warp or make customers' orders getting to it. So that's the issue I'm having. But I got a bunch of TV and movie stuff on my phone that I want to do. Saying, signs, logos. Because there's a market out there for people like me that are into movies and television stuff and would buy something like that. So, Yeah, I think that's some of the stuff is trying to figure out, like, can you use a movie quote without, you know, getting the cease and desist? Yeah, why can't, from, you, why can't you engrave you can't handle the truth on a nice framed piece yeah. of wood? Or yippee ki mother trucker. Right. I think you can. You can't, I don't it's think worth they, a shot. they can't trademark that, can they? I don't know, man. <laughs> All right. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. All right, well, I see David's, uh, someone's calling David to go back and enjoy the rest of his Sunday evening. Yeah, my uh, daughter, my middle daughter had like this expander put in her mouth to try to avoid braces. Okay. So um, you have to like stick this tool in there and crank it. Oh God. So tonight's the 10th crank. Oh boy. So, do you guys do that in the shop or is that in the house? <laughs> no, I actually made that joke at the dentist too. I'm like, so is there like a tool? Like, you know, can I right. put this on my Walt or something? And, yeah. <laughs> and then, see you laugh. They didn't laugh. So, well, we have yeah. a warped sense of humor cause we're cops. So, yeah. So, so my I got go. brother actually had to have the same thing where he had the little expander in there that every night it was a little crank. Yeah, so tonight's the 10th crank, and then Tuesday we go, and she has, like, this, like, mask thing that she has to wear when she sleeps, and it's going to attach to the crank thing. Okay. So, yeah, so she's going to bed now. All right, well, we'll get you out of here. A little crank. Is she she cranky? No, she's good. Okay. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get it in once a show. I don't (laughs) know. All right, well, I'm going to say thanks for listening, and thank you to our guest, David Miller. Uh, I'm honored that you came on the show, and I thank you very much for buying a mic, and apparently you're going to be on all kinds of podcasts from the story that I heard. So, well, I'm just keeping my options open, so now I have my little yeah, microphone here. It sounds fantastic, by the way, and I think I just realized that Brandon's mic is off. <laughs> yeah, I think we realized there that. There we go. When, That's way better. Skype. Yeah, I know. I you sent it to me, and I, it should have clicked with me when you said, "Oh, it sounds like you're in a cave." Yeah, but that's the and that is the one downside to Skype versus Squadcast. When we do Squadcast, there's that prompt right in there of like, "Hey, check your crap." And I was, oh yeah, I gotta go down. I gotta select my microphone instead of the built-in one. So, so we just had the built-in. Well, mic you for sound great now. Well, now I sound. <laughs> and fine. the show is really over. Great. Yeah, son of a. <laughs> that's okay we'll just pretend you were on mars so thanks david for coming on man i really appreciate it i appreciate you guys having me and we appreciate your support of brandon's podcast it's amazing uh, (laughs) that you guys give us all a shout out all the time you guys are co-hosts right we are yeah (laughs) well someone's gotta say that i'm involved in it
Like, yeah, it's my, I don't know who this full house guy is that I tag in this stuff, but it's mine. I tag mine alone. all the time. It's, it's I, show. I actually changed my voice for the other person. It's a split personality. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There was a DJ here in Chicago named Kevin, Kevin, what the hell is this for? Kevin Matthews. And he had a sports guy named Jim Shorts, Jim Shorts. But his his alter ego was Jim Shorts, and he changed his voice. And I swear to God, they would have the most intriguing conversations, but it was Kevin talking to himself. Fantastic radio. So don't make me do that because I, I can't come up with a good voice. So uh, remember, new episodes of the podcast are released every Wednesday at midnight Central Standard Time. Mike, Mike, hold on. I know we don't have tons of guests on, but David, yeah, yeah. for those of – our listeners out there who maybe aren't following you, where do they find you? Well, I was going to get to that. Well, I am on Instagram (laughs) at D Miller designs and that's it. He's 9,500 followers strong right now. That's right. So yeah, find David on his Instagram page and no Etsy. If you need to buy something from him, shoot him a DM at D Miller designs. Slide right in, slide right in and he'll get that. Whatever you need, out to you. Yep. Uh, Brandon, do you want to say anything else before we do the, the final goodbye? You used to have Just words that, of wisdom. Well, I mean, I don't know how wise I am today after that whole freaking microphone debacle. But um, if you're watching on the YouTube, somewhere down here, subscribe if you haven't already. No, it's down, Mike. It's, right it's down always there. at the bottom. Bottom. Bottom right. If we corner. point up, it's like to a link to another video, like yeah. episode 34, the Walter Payton episode. Right. Um, but no, subscribe, ring the bell, all the notifications so that you can get notified whenever the video drops. Because sometimes, you know, video is complicated. It's a lot of work for Mike. He's old. And he needs naps. It's not only old. There's a lot of time. Well, yeah, I said it's a lot of work. Yeah, I got to go in right. between video calls is at tricky. work. You know, I got to do all this so, stuff before work. Or at so work. sometimes the video is a little bit behind the audio. Not so technically. Get, get, Get the notification going so that way you know when new videos are up and you can see our smiling faces. And all kinds of other stuff. And you can see the things when Mike, like, pisses me off and I flip off the camera. and The little behind-the-scenes deal. Just so you know, you flip off the camera every episode when we get to one, when we're doing the countdown. This was the first time – this is the first time – that I didn't do it. Okay. I didn't do anything for one this time. I'll see it when I watch it back as I'm re- editing it. Go ahead, watch. I'm You'll gonna, see that. I'm I do watch. the two, and then I go away. Oh, congratulations to your football team for winning. Now you guys are facing each other this week or next week. The Doyle rules. So I want to know week. if there's a bet involved. You hey, why do you look? <laughs> I don't bet. Oh, you guys are both wussies. He's not a better uh, either. Okay. No, because, I'll, look – being a sports fan, yes, that's enough. Like, don't bet on your team. Don't be Pete Rose. All right. Had you you're not al- bet with you're me already once, already emotionally invested into the game. I don't need the financial investment no too. Fi- we don't do financial stuff. We just do fun stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed the beef sandwich. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> that got sent out here. Yeah, you did. I can't wait to send and you I more. Can, I can't wait to see what uh, what else you make. See, you always push these bets, and because I'm I'm challenging like myself. You're zero two. I'm running out of challenges in my personal life, so I need more challenges. So I just do the bets. So, like you bet on shitty teams. I didn't bet on your team. Your team's the one that lost. 
don't right. know if you remember that. David's got the tool in his hand, and he's ready to do some tightening of the whatever those things are. Right? There you go. Yep. There you go. All right, David. We're going we're gonna to let you that get out of here on this. It could have been turned really weird. It yeah. So that you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe. Email your questions to the handcuffs and sawdust podcast at gmail.com. Full house when working. Like well, you were. Go ahead. Watch this. That's how this works. Music's off. Morazzo would. (laughs) (laughs) See, you threw off my whole flow. I go on autopilot. I don't even know what I say. It's so in tune with you. It is. I just flow from one to the other to the other. But no, you email the audio file, the little voice memo file, to handcuffsandsawdustpodcast at gmail.com, or you type it out. And you send it to Mike over at Morazzo Woodworking or me over at Full House Woodworking or to the podcast page at Handcuffs and Sawdust Podcast. You could also send it to Nelson at like CWO something or other, but then we'd never see it and you'd never get on the air. That's right. Sorry, Nelson. I love you. So stay safe in the shop and on the streets. Peace. Deuces.